Thank you for joining Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday Praise and Worship begins at 9 a.m. We want to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings live in the sanctuary. Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. And we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. There is no plan B. There's no plan C. There's only a plan A. And that's God's plan. Again, I want to thank you for joining the online service of the Cornerstone of Grace. If you're looking for a church home, growth ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. At this time, let's go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and grace. We thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness, for what you have done and what you have planned for us. Thank you. Your word tells us that, that eyes have not seen or ears have heard what's in store for us. Lord, and we know that that's not limited to eternity, but that you have blessings here so that we can be illuminated vessels, so that we can be seasoning while we're here that we can show your great work, your power, and that the kingdom, your kingdom, is with men. Lord God, thank you. Lord, I ask that you bless each one that joins in listening, those that tune in tonight, those that listen later or tomorrow, whatever their respective time is in their geographical location. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for blessing them. And ask, Lord God, that you continue to watch over us. Help us, Lord God, as we uh, minister your word on the air, in person, uh, knocking on doors, visiting, uh, meeting people in, uh, in the streets and wherever they are. Lord God, thank you. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Lord, if there's any sick among us, ask that you would heal them in their body. Lord Jesus, those that have loved, loved ones and are, are grieving right now and ask that you will comfort their hearts in the name of Jesus. We'll be careful to give you praise and to give you glory. Amen. Now we're in the book of Genesis, touching what is referred to as the law of particularization, uh, moving from the general to the particular, the, the universe, earth, man, and spirit. Uh, we're touching the creation. And the principal person who is the cosmological, uh, the cause of all things, and the teleological, the designing mind behind everything. And that is God himself. No one else gets the credit. No one gets the glory. Uh, I believe the word of God tells us that, that uh, it is the Lord who has made us. Not we ourselves, we're the sheep of his pasture. And so there's nobody that can glory and feel that they have arrived and did anything great. You may have some accomplishments, but it's all by the grace of God. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. 
and, and so uh, we certainly thank God for what he has done and what the Lord has, is doing with us. When I say us, I'm talking about you and I. I'm talking about all of those that will hear his word and be encouraged to hold fast to God's unchanging hand. The Bible tells us in Genesis, the 15th chapter, beginning at the first verse, it says, after these things, the word of God came unto Abram in a vision, saying, fear not, Abram, I'm thy shield and exceeding great reward. And I'm sticking with that. And I, I hope you are too, to know and understand that God is your protection and he is your greatest asset, no matter what goes on. We know, I surely know I don't understand everything and I don't know anyone that does. But one thing I do know and have observed is that life is a temporary assignment. We're here and we're gone. What we do with the time that we have is important. And one of the things that we should do is recognize God, that he is. The Bible said he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Are you seeking him? diligently, wholeheartedly. The Bible talks to us about that too in Deuteronomy. Hmm. It tells us that we should love the Lord with our whole heart, mind, body, soul, the, the entire trichotomy of man should be engaged to God. Are you engaged to him? Are you the bride of Christ? Church is considered to be the bride of Christ. And so the Bible said, he that finds a wife finds a good thing. And so therefore, uh, finding a wife is not finding a girl. No, it's not finding a woman. It's not finding um, a daughter or anything. It, it, it means that there has been preparation because it specifies a wife, which signifies something different. Are you in preparation? Are you making yourself ready to meet him? Well, let's go on in the book of Genesis, the 17th. And we're going to start at the 17th verse uh, through the end. Um, and it says, now Abraham fell on his face. Remember, his name has been changed from Abram to Abraham. And Sarah has been changed to Sarah. And so Abram, the Bible said, then Abram fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And so Sarah, uh, that is 90 years old. And Abraham said unto God, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and I will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he begot and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at the set time in the next year. And he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham 
And Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and all that were born in his house and all that he bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house and circumcised the, the flesh of their foreskin in the selfsame day as God had said unto him. And Abraham was 90 years old and nine when he circumcised, when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. Ouch. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. The selfsame day was Abraham circumcised and Ishmael, his son, and all the men of his house, born in the house and bought with money of the stranger, were circumcised with him. Now, we, we're talking about not believing it. That, that was the theme. I, I don't believe it. And I know for a fact that people struggle with belief. And maybe you have struggled with it. I, I know that I have. And I know others that have. It, it don't mean that you didn't know the Lord. Abraham certainly knew him met with him several times, a number of times. But yet here it is, I don't believe it. Now, have you ever wondered if the word spoken was actually about and for you? Well, maybe you never maybe you never struggled with a word spoken to you. I don't know. I think if you live long enough, you will, you'll deal with some things. You know, that's what they used to tell us. They said, um, some of the elders and aunties and uncles and other people that were older said, you know, keep living. <laughs> you'll, you'll, if, if, by the grace of God, you, you'll deal with some things and, and he'll bring you through it. And, and so, but there are uh, true believers that have, because it, it was spoken to them and they struggle with it. It was spoken about them. They struggle with it. They felt it was hard to digest. This is what Abram or Abraham is dealing with, too. Now, disbelief is something everyone deals with. I don't know anyone that's just, you know, I'm, I'm, they always on top of the hill. I'm weary about someone that's always that never had a if you never dealt with nothing, you never been through anything saved or unsaved. Then, you know, that's that's an issue and that's something we're not going to deal with tonight. But uh, that is a problem. The Bible talks about woe to them that are ease in Zion. So if you've never been through anything, and I don't mean run out and get yourself in some trouble either. <laughs> but you may not be where you think you are. Now, one of my classes were, is apologetics. And apologetics focus on unbelief and uh, the discussion, proof, and logic of belief. You know, the Bible speaks to us about uh, the the heavens declaring the glory of God and the, the firmament showing his handiwork and day unto day utter, uh, utter knowledge. And, you know, and so there is information all around us dealing with the belief in God, whether you choose to see it or not. But belief, dealing with belief or dealing with disbelief is a weighty issue. 
It's something that, you know, people deal with constantly. Today, you could be on a mountain and feeling like you really believe and you, you have a hold on your faith and get hit with something and you begin to wonder. You begin to wonder why me or well, why not you? You know, it's easier said than digest. <laughs> why not you? You know, people will say that. And sometimes it will strengthen you and you say, well, you know, I'm going to go through this. And you really don't have a choice. Whatever you're dealing with, you're going to deal with it. Disbelief is something that all of us has dealt with. It's interesting and must be noted that um, that Abraham had a recognizable relationship. That relationship that he had with God had been established. So uh, for Abram or Abraham, remember, he felt comfortable talking to God, just like you. you. You pray and you sing hymns and you go to service and you worship the Lord and, and the beauty of holiness. And so you've established a relationship. I'm not talking about uh, you establishing a habit. I'm talking about a lifestyle because sanctification is a lifestyle. And, and so he's put his heart out to the Lord. Several times that we've read through the scriptures, you know, beginning with the 11th chapter, which is very noticeable, notable to me. Whereas the scripture says in Sarah, his wife had no, she was barren. And from that point on throughout the, his uh, relationship that was being nurtured by God with him, he would say, I'd have no child. And when the Lord told him that he was going to bless him, and enlarges borders and get, and he said, how will I know this? And then again, he came back, I don't have a child. And then he asked the Lord to bless Ishmael. Now, this is, uh, for him in this instance, uh, he is jesting, he's laughing in the presence of God. He's laughing in God's presence. Uh, have you laughed in his presence? Oh, I wouldn't do that. I don't know. I think that maybe you have. Uh, I think, or maybe you didn't laugh. Maybe you just became totally serious. Abraham laughed in his presence. Now, I personally don't know of anyone that have laughed. Fell down with disbelief. Maybe you fell out. You know, sometimes we, we have temper tantrums because we don't believe in something or we want it our way and it's not happening fast enough. But he fell down with disbelief and laughter. Now, I don't know some that are really, you know, not. Um, uh, what am I looking for here? Uh, I don't know, but but some, you know, are, are really have really dealt with that. You know, uh, even became sad. Maybe the minister spoke something to you and you begin to wonder how, when. And so then you become sad over it instead of rejoicing about it. So let's let's talk about that a little bit, because it's a bridge that we all must cross. It's a point in life that we come to where we either going to believe or we're are we going to we're struggling with it and we're trying to figure it out. And that's what Abram was doing. Now, bridges, as you are structures used to carry a road, a path, railroad, or, or uh, uh, 
across a river, a ravine, a, a road, a railroad, or, or other obstacles, you know, the obstacle that, that we're trying to cross over is doubt. Uh, we're trying to cross over disbelief. We're trying to cross over self-denial, guilt, shame, and unforgiveness of ourselves, uh, just to name a few things. Because those things are, are blocks that gets into our way. Those things are obstacles that, that cause us to struggle with disbelief or cause us to struggle in believing. It feeds to disbelief. Now, again, the purpose of the structure is to help us get to the other side. The bridge has a beginning. No matter what end you approach, that's your beginning. If you're on the south side of the bridge and someone else is on the north side, that, that is the beginning. And you must cross that bridge. Or, or if it's the east and west, either way it go, when you get to that side of the bridge, it's something you've come to the beginning of it. And so it, it has an end. Uh, and th there's a middle as you cross a point where you look at how high. And sometimes when you're on the bridge, you look up, you look out and you see how high you are, where you have, you know, I, I crossed over a bridge going into, um, I think it was Antioch or going through Antioch in Northern California. And it was a bridge that I'd never been over before. And it, it peaked, it went up pretty high. Now, I really don't, wasn't in favor of that, but it was no way to get to my sister without me crossing that bridge. And so I went over it. I looked how high it was. I did not like that. My mind started thinking about how easy it is for it to come down when in California dealing with earthquakes and things. But thank God, none of that occurred. But those are things that cross your mind. So as we travel, as we journey, there are things that cross our mind. There's the middle as you cross a point where you look at how high you are or how far you've come and the distance that is needed to get to the other side. Now, this evening, I, I want to look at where you are. I want you to look at where you are. Maybe you have just stepped onto the bridge. Maybe you have placed a foot on the bridge or even taken a few steps. No matter where you are at this point, you are in a good position to cross over. Now, we have a tendency to look at others. But friend, do not measure your progress on the progress of anyone else's journey. That is not what God wants. We're not to measure ourselves based upon people. Not at all. And matter of fact, it's a terrible thing to, to even... Uh, you that are in leadership roles, maybe on your job or something to compare a person to someone else because you don't know what they might be dealing with um, in that moment of when you make that comparison. It might be a reason that they are functioning or not functioning to a certain place. And so uh, with wisdom, you can address that. And you, good observation, being prayerful and just waiting and watching. And they may snap out of it. You don't know. But as far as I walk in Christ, do not judge yourself based upon. Now, I know sometimes we look at a, a minister or we look at someone and then we say, wow, you know, they really got it going on. And I wouldn't mind being like them, but you don't know what it took for them to get there. You don't know nothing about their life. People are not telling you everything and they shouldn't. It's not your business. As my godmother would say, my business is no one's business. You don't need to know everything. 
And so be what God has called you to be. And he called all of us to be like Christ. And so that's our measure and instrument is Christ, not no one else. And so we have a tendency to look at others, but friend, do not measure your progress or the progress of a journey on anyone else. Now, I'm not saying make excuses. You know, I've heard people make excuses and say, God's not finished with me yet. And what they're saying is that I'm going to keep doing what I want to do, how I want to do it, when I want to do it, the way I want to do it, you know, and, and please don't say nothing to me. Now, that's a nice way of them saying that. But when you sincere and, and you have taken a stand, uh, people that have not taken a stand may not understand that. And, and so you can't make them understand it and they won't get it until they make that same stand. Don't measure your progress or the progress of your journey based upon anyone else. Now, you may have noticed a few people. Now, you may be standing at the foot of the bridge. You're about ready to start across and you're standing there and you're looking at it. You're you're just making an observation of things and as we do. And you may notice a few people that appear to be cross bridge repeatedly. And my prayer is that this really, I believe this is really going to help, help somebody. You may notice that there are people on the bridge. Holy ghost. Thank you, Jesus. And these people repeatedly keep going back and forth across the bridge. They just keep going back and forth across the bridge and they may be walking with others and talking with them. These are not collectors. These are not toll collectors, but they're porters. They're porters on the bridge. And the Bible tell us in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, uh, beginning at the first verse, it says, wherefore seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. So there are witnesses on the bridge that are escorting. So sometime when you get that look, that you get that urge and you know that 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 zeal and, and you said I'm going forward, or sometime when you may be feeling like you don't, like your your foot is starting to get heavy as you cross this bridge that we're talking about, and, and then you get that second wind or the word of encouragement comes. That's what I'm talking about. The Bible said, with sin, we are uh, compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. There are witnesses. And so on that on this bridge that I'm talking about, there are, are porters that are going back and forth that are that keep going from one end of the bridge to the other end of the bridge. And they're escorting you across. So so keep walking. And, and so uh, then Hebrews one and four said, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to them who shall be heirs of salvation? So see, we have help. It may not seem like it sometime, but there's help. Uh, somebody had wrote a poem and they, they talked about uh, the footsteps in the sand. And some of you may be familiar with that. And and so there was two sets of footsteps, you know, as this gentleman was walking and or a lady as she was walking and things got rough in life. And then when she looked at looked at the sand again, there was only one set of footsteps. And the question came up where as it was the Lord, where were you uh, during these rough times? You walk aside of me all this time. And now 
uh, I only see one set of footsteps. And the reply was that I was carrying you. God is carrying and there are ministering spirits uh, that God has sent that forth to minister and to help you in this journey. Psalms 34 and seven says, the angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him and deliver them. So you have help and I don't want you to forget that. You have help this evening. Whatever the situation is and you're having faith, God, I'm believing you to bring me out of this and, and you know that you have kept the faith. You've been faithful to God, you loving God, not by words, you know, not, not lip service, but your life is saying it. Then I, I want you to remember this, that there are porters. We call them ursers and churches and we call them ministers. And, you know, they are there with you, even in this moment. Now, the Bible tells us in uh, Genesis, the 17th chapter, it said, then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said unto and said in his heart, uh, shall a child be born unto him that is 100 years old and shall Sarah, uh, who is 90 years old, bear? Now, his reaction was disbelief. It was comical to him. And his he questioned as so many um, because he based it on his ability. Uh, he, he looked at his physical conditioning, which is changed. Sarah certainly had changed as far as their hope, you know, time that that they had um, their little triangle and shenanigans that they had put on with Hagar, you know, was uh, he was about 86 years old. Things had changed. And so and now he's basing it up on his ability. But our dependency is not on ourselves. When God speaks is it's based upon him. And we have that tendency to look upon ourselves. I've done it. You and so many others have done it. Until we come to the realization that, man, you know, my dependency is on God and I need to stick with him in that no matter what, no matter what the situation is, whether it's a health condition, a mental condition, a, you know, the, the, the uh, spirit, my dependency is on God and I'm going to stick with the God that I know. Now, with that in mind, he asked about his son uh, that he had with Hagar. He asked about him. And the Bible said um, in the 18th verse, and Abraham said unto God, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God says, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son. Indeed, now this is going to happen. And thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for the everlasting covenant and with this seed after him. So Sarah, your wife, it shall. It's going to happen. Now, God... Uh, did not afflict the Egyptians. Remember they when they came to Egypt and he said, say, you're my sister so that uh, Pharaoh and them, they don't, they don't treat, mistreat me, take my life or anything like that. Now, remember, God had already told him, those that bless you, I will bless them. And those that curse you, I'm going to curse them. So he already had God's protection, but he still did not fully understand that and recognize it. Now, neither has God reserved you for no reason? 
You've been reserved for, for, whatever, for whatever purpose God has for you. Whatever reason that you are here right now is a reason that God has. God has saved us from addictions. God has saved us from STDs. God has saved us from different attacks, things that you knew about and things that you did not know about. Things seen and unseen for a particular reason, his reason. And, and I like to always say that and remind people uh, that, that God delivered you. You don't know about that man that you slept with or that woman you slept with, you thought they was fresh and clean. Oh my God. You thought that person you kissed, you thought that, that, that hit you took. I remember uh, in my teens, I'm far from my teens now, thank God. But I remember smoking weed and the older teens or the young adults thought it was funny and the weed was laced with uh, angel dust. It, it could have took me out. It could have messed me up uh, beyond the crazy that my mom said I was, you know, but or whatever my family thought I was, it really could have. You don't know. You don't know if the drink you took that someone had laced with anything, you don't know. Or maybe it wasn't laced with anything, but you you hit it and you took a, a blast off of a pipe or or something or, you know, and how many people have smoked a sherm, what they called wet daddies back in the day, or maybe you drunk a boiler maker and, and drove and wrecked the car and all that kind of stuff. You don't know. And here you are today, reserved because God had purpose for you. Now your flesh will have you wondering if this is all there is. You know, you get saved and you say, man, well, I'm saved. I've been in the church now for a little while. Is this all there is? No, the answer to that is no. This is not all that there is. I'm finding out, I've learned that God has so much more and just, I'll just say this, I have been places and I am not talking about where I've, I've jumped on an airplane and went. I'm talking about where I have had visitations where I have left and visited other places, other time zones, and then came back, had to come back. I've learned that you must be obedient. There's no such thing where I'm going to do it my way. When you listen, you will, when in my uh, learning about ministry, I was told that when you are, when God takes you on a vision, when God deals with you, uh, or when he sends a messenger and you're out someplace, you must obey at all times because when they come and find you the next day and you were not obedient, you are therefore dead. And that's a conversation that we'll have in the minister's class and, and dealing with visions and different things at that time. But God, the answer to that is no. This is not all that there is for you to go to church and, you know, go and worship and, and go home. And there, no, there's so much more um, as in the book of Revelation that I've talked about um, in the writings about the fact that when we leave here, let's say the Lord rapture, he calls the church to quit taking away and the church is gone today. Uh, besides the party that we're going to, uh, there is still a work. There are so many things that will occur and that's something that, you know, again, to talk about later. 
But I want you to know and understand that this is not all that there is. Even here in on the 24th of May, 2023, this is not all that there is. Please don't get your, don't think, don't be, um, God is bigger than our thoughts. There we go. All right. Neither has he reserved you for no reason. There's a reason. Your flesh will have you wondering, but don't wonder. The closer you get or the closer you are to God, obedience, maintaining integrity, you settle into a position that God has been wanting you to settle into, where hearing is not impaired. You're not distracted. You're not so easily, your head don't easily turn from side to side because something is going on. You're focused. And your sight, your insight becomes clear. Now, the Bible tells us in Luke 21 and 19, it says, in your patience, possess your soul. So we're going to be patient as we serve the Lord. The 20th verse of the 17th chapter said, and as for Ishmael, I have, I've heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and I will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. And 12 princes shall he begot, uh, beget, and I will make him a great nation. Now, as for Ishmael, I have a plan. I heard you. I have a plan for him. Now, the Lord says, he didn't say, I'm going to bless him. He said, I have blessed him. So the blessing is already there. God, what God has for you is already reserved. And so we are in time. And as we approach certain elements in time, now God was a step, it created time and, and stepped into time. And so as we step through time, we will encounter and receive those things that God has for us as we are preparing now the, the prepare be prepared and so i've already done or did something for him and he said he will be fruitful he's gonna uh, uh, multiply exceedingly um and he's gonna be a great nation and that nation in the scripture is is the medianites and then also in our current time or as years went on arabia uh the arab nations now, the 21st verse says, but my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at the set time in the next year. Now, as uh, all this time, Abraham has been asking for a child. And here you are laughing at the thought of it now because you because you've reached a certain age in your life. I don't think age. I'm a very strong believer that age doesn't have to doesn't dictate a lot of things that we think it does do now the plan was never for for him and Hagar to uh, to in the backyard boogie you know to do all of that and Ishmael was born that was not God's plan uh, now it was God's permissive will and his permissive will is different from his divine will you want his divine will and certainly uh that separates um from taking matters into our own hands as they did now, I like this 22nd verse. It says, and he left off talking with him and God went up from Abraham. Sometimes you need to just go. Sometimes you need to kill the conversation by leaving. You ain't got to say, this is an unblessed conversation. This is an unfruitful conversation. You ain't got to make no statement. Just go. Just say, oh, you know what? It's, it's time for me to go. Go. And so I wonder, 
And this is just me wondering, but the Bible said he left off from talking to him. Uh, God was not trying to entertain all of that that Abraham was, was, Abraham was coming up with. And so he left off talking with him and went up from Abraham. And so then the Bible goes on to tell us that he took Ishmael, his son, uh, and the men that were born in his house and circumcised them. Circumcised them. He believed God enough to call everybody and, and say, hey, you're here. You are my property. You're my servants. You're my son. This is what we're going to do now. Uh, up to this point, no one had heard of circumcision. And here it is. Uh, he got a knife and some ointment. You know, they had certain type of um, herbal, what we would consider herbal medicine in that day and time. They knew what to do for certain things that we don't con didn't consider. And if you were in that day and time, you would certainly know about those things. And so they were all circumcised because he believed God enough. He believed him enough to follow what he was saying. Do you believe the Lord enough to follow what he is saying? What he has established, what he wants to establish? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness. Thank you for your word this evening, Lord God, and how you have blessed us. Lord God, help us to not take matters into our own hands. Lord God, help us, Lord God, to believe your word enough that we act upon what you have to say as well. Lord Jesus, we know our dependency is upon you and not of ourselves. Lord, help us to walk with patience. Help us, Lord God, to, uh, to put one foot in front of the other and to keep moving in the direction that you would have us to move in. We'll be careful to give your name the praise and to give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Remember to tell someone else, be blessed. As you go through your day, as you lay down tonight, be blessed. Think about the goodness of God and what the Lord has for you, because he certainly has something reserved for you. Now, if he tell me and he tell me to tell you, I will. Uh, there was a gentleman who uh, spoke to me one time and he told me some things and everything he told me, Bishop Simpson, came true. And then there were some things that he said, I want to tell you and I can't because I was told not to. But keep your ears and eyes open. And I've watched and seen things unfold. But one of the things that he really stressed was being a person of integrity. Let's be people of integrity and, and, and serve the God that we know. God bless you.